Welcome to the Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic Party. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and with me today is one of the mayoral candidates in Frederick City, uh, Jennifer Dougherty, and we're here today at her restaurant, Magoo's. Uh, Jennifer, thanks so much for uh, for joining. Well, thanks for coming to coming to work today. <laughs> uh, so uh, you're running for mayor. You are the former mayor of Frederick City. Uh, but a couple of things I wanted to get into. You know why you're running this year. But first off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, and and your experiences here in Frederick City? Maybe a little bit about what it was like when you were mayor. Well, sure. We'll take up a whole podcast with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I moved to Frederick 30 years ago from Washington D.C. to open up my restaurant, and obviously a lot of people know I had Jennifer's for 22 years. And that was tremendously rewarding. I got to meet a ton of people and got to see Frederick grow and expand and become something really special. Um, but I also got to see the, the missed opportunities. Carroll Creek was um, just a flood control plan when I decided to run for mayor. And the idea of getting the job done was the big impetus for me running in 2001. Um, I really believe that anybody who runs for office, particularly on the local level, should be the person who is willing to answer tough questions, but commit to finishing the job. It's not unlike running a small business. So that's one of the reasons I ran for mayor before. But, I, but you know, I live in Frederick, and I, and I know lots of people in Frederick. My brothers and sisters have come through Frederick. Some have moved here. I'm very lucky that my nieces and nephews uh, work for me and my businesses, and and have a good time. We get have a good time getting to know each other. And I think that's part of what makes Frederick so special to me and why I've decided to run again, because I think we have so many great opportunities here, but we're not capturing them. We're not reaching for the next level. And I think that leadership is a big part of that. For 12 years, I've watched the mayors perform and do some work that is impressive, but I don't think much of what they do is impressive. And I think if you've been in City Hall for eight years, as Randy has, and and even as Michael has been, you know, you have to have a record on which you can run and be proud of. But we don't have that, in my view. It took 12 years to finish phase two of Carroll Creek. That was one of the things that I was proud of. We finished that in four years during my term. We created the neighborhood advisory councils to listen to residents. Well, they've turned the, the knacks upside down. And one of the things you never hear people talk about is taxes. And I think as a resident and as a business owner, you have to understand where the money comes from and what it's for. It's to provide services. So I do want to ask you about taxes in the city. But uh, first, uh, so why, why uh, do you identify as a Democrat? Well, I, I'm a Democrat because I'm, I understand that government has a purpose, and that is to provide that, that level playing field for people. I understand government can do good things, but I don't think government should be a partner in everything. And that's the that's the dichotomy of Jennifer. You know, I'm a business person and a Democrat. So let's talk about uh, taxes. And you know, I was looking uh, over your website, and you have some interesting things to say about taxes. Uh, things like the uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. The, the property tax uh, cap right. and so forth. Um, but but if you could elaborate on that, and maybe some of your other ideas uh, with taxes, because the other thing that I, I read on your website was you know the, it kind of indicated that. Uh, people in Frederick City are paying too much in taxes and not getting uh, what you consider a good return 
in terms of services provided by the government here. Exactly, exactly. Well, there are a couple tenants in my in my platform about taxes. One is to renegotiate our relationship with Frederick County. City residents pay a double tax, and while we do pay a lesser rate than non-city residents, we still leave a lot of money on the table. We don't get we don't get that fair share back. And I think this is an important time to address that because the city continues to grow and Frederick County government gets the benefit of the growth in the city, but they really don't do an equal share. They don't really lift an equal, uh, an equal load. So first start with the city-county relationship. Everybody's going to get their tax bills in July, and then they're going to start saying, well, what do I get for city taxes? Well, I can enumerate the things they get for city taxes. Obviously, they get quality parks. They get quality streets and roads and gutters. They get quality police department and public safety. They get an economic development office that works to bring businesses here. So those are some of the good things. One of the things that we can enumerate is what do you get for your county taxes? So I don't want to spend all my time on that. But the other two big issues in my tax plan are a senior property tax credit because people who live and have aged in Frederick should have the opportunity to stay in their homes. They've already paid for them. We don't want them to get into you know, convoluted economic situations. We want them to be able to stay, pay their fair share, but not they're not creating a huge burden on our services. So create that dollar-for-dollar dollar relationship. And the other is the property tax cap. I know it's hard to believe that we have a lot of properties within the city of Frederick that have a combined city-county tax of over $10,000 a year. Now, if you get to over $10,000 a year, what in the world are you getting for those services? Again, we have to enumerate exactly what we're giving to residents and try to make sure that we are not overburdening them with taxes. It's hard for me to imagine that a combined tax rate of over $10,000 makes sense economically. And while these people are probably fairly well off, it's not a question of only being well off. It's a question of what burden are we putting on them to make these properties um, impossible to resell if they, if they decide to move? Because obviously people do age and they go for smaller places. So those are three things in taxes. City-county relationship, senior property tax cap or credit, and the tax cap of over, I say, $10,000. So another issue that's come up uh, nationally and it also affects us on a local level, you know, is the issue of policing uh, in the community. And one of the ideas that you have is for these uh, these police uh, kiosks. Um, could you elaborate on that and what what these kiosks would be and how you envision them serving the citizens of Frederick? Thanks. The, the police kiosk is something I've been talking about for about five years now. Obviously, we've seen some issues on Carroll Creek, but not just Carroll Creek, about where our police department is needed. And if we build a small kiosk on Carroll Creek, at, right, at, right at Market Street, it can serve as a welcome center, an information booth, a, a gathering point for our police department. Uh, as the time has gone on, it's possible that you could even incorporate monitoring uh, video screens in there for security cameras, closed circuit television. But the idea is to make sure that people know we're monitoring the creek because police officers move up and down there on the segways or even on foot, but sometimes it's just not good enough. We see chronic and continuing crime there, uh, and that does have an adverse impact on people who live and work there, but it has an adverse impact on people who come and visit there. And I think we have to be careful not to say it's just Carroll Creek that we're trying to improve because you can put these police kiosks, a pop-up shop essentially, 
in hotspot areas. Mullinex Park has been seen as a, as a hotspot. We have a police van that we could move to the site. But they're, again, they're not the only neighborhoods that have issues. But if we had this on Carroll Creek, it serves as a welcoming point. It can be dual-purposed for the Downtown Frederick Partnership, for any activity that's going on along the creek. And I might suggest that the one thing that we probably should have included in phase one of the creek were public lavatories. And I think we need to put that in, too. There's not a place I go in Europe that doesn't have a public lavatory on a promenade like that. I think we should get back to that idea, too. I, I think a lot of people would appreciate it, and probably also the library as well, because I'm sure a lot of people, you know, end up using that uh, as a place. Uh, yeah, so uh, another issue uh, to bring up here is that of a Hargett Farm. Yep. And I know this is a big issue uh, for you. You've been uh, an advocate for uh, trying to do something with that property. Uh, the, the, other the city, than the plan that's on the, the table. Other than the plan that's on the table, yeah. The, so my understanding is that the city bought this during the Holtzinger administration, uh, basically at the height of the market, and then when the market crashed, it uh, the, the value of that property sank. I think the, the city bought it for $18 million, $18 million. and now it's worth about six. Yeah, maybe uh, or, Okay, yeah. but That's still, immaterial. Sure. Um, and, and one of the biggest expenses for city taxpayers is the debt service. You know, that basically city tax dollars are going to pay for this property. Well, what are, what are your thoughts on it? Well, th this goes back even before the Holtzinger administration, because before me was Mayor Grimes, and during that administration, that property was approved for 600 houses. During my term, it was just going through the process, the planning commission, getting approvals, lining up their plans. I never even talked about the Hargett Farm because it was just a routine part of our city's development. It was the right place. It was always planned on the city's comprehensive plan for it to be developed as houses. Now, I left office and the Holtzinger administration came in and said, we want to convert this to a recreational, a large recreational facility. Now, that seems like a nice idea. And that's what government should do, create a good quality of life for your community, right? Well, $18 million was a bad price, was badly negotiated, and the property owner walked away as happy as can be. But as a business person, I look at it in another way. We also lost a million dollars in property taxes every year forever. We lost $10 million in um, water and sewer hookup fees for, forever. So that's one of the reasons our water and sewer rates were adjusted after that, because we didn't have those impact fees that, those new, that new construction was going to pay to hit the Potomac River supply. So it's all, it's all integrated, and that's why you do a comprehensive plan, and that's why you stick to a comprehensive plan. Now, so it was done, $18 million out of the budget. Now, I would question why a city financial officer would agree to let elected officials take $18 million out of a budget that wasn't planned, but that was done. So now this group has had eight years to sit on it. They've adjusted, and they've come up with a plan. They paid $250,000 for a plan that says, all right, we give away the land for the school. We need a school site out there. City taxpayers get to pay twice for that. Then we're going to have a huge recreational facility. And this huge recreational facility is going to cost $98.5 million. And their consultant told us it would cost $500,000 a year. Excuse me. We would lose $500,000 a year in fees uh, from the operation of that park. Michael O'Connor said, 
we can, we can handle that. That is shocking to me. So as a Democrat, I say this is why Democrats get a bad name, because you're not adding up numbers. We didn't have this in the comp plan. You can, re you can rework any numbers you want, but you can't afford to lose $500,000 a year, again, forever, on top of the million dollars a year in property taxes you've already lost. It's a bad idea. What I suggest now is you don't go back on the school deal. That's already gone. That's good. You take the remainder of the park land. You divide it in half. The remainder half gets turned into a nice park facility. And I, I'm not for or against any particular element of it. What makes sense? Let the task force come up with something. It's funny, another task force. But the task force is working on it. But the remaining half, let's turn that into housing. And I have to say, there are some good ideas out there, including turn it into senior housing. You turn it into senior housing, then you do not have an impact on the schools out there. We have to come up with some good ideas on that. And I think that's the possibility of one. That way, you get a little property tax back to help offset some of these development costs. All right, so we have about two minutes, but I, so I have two more issues that I really want to get into. Um, so one of those uh, being uh, bulk trash, which seems to be one of the things that's very back. popular. So how, how would we do it, though? How can we bring back bulk trash? First of all, it was taken out at a whim by the last elected officials. It was taken out on a whim to save $300,000 a year. In a budget that has over $90 million in the general fund, you can afford and you can find $300,000. It's crazy that they haven't, and quite honestly, it's dishonest. They said we would get it back with the services, and they'd bring back this rodeo roundup of recyclables. Well, I, I can't hug, you know, haul things to the, to the place for the rodeo roundup. This is something that's a service that people had. We can return it. Do it once a year now. We can do a community-wide yard sale. Everybody has a yard sale for five days and just leave the items on the curb and the city will come pick it up just like we did before. It's not, this is not new. This is something that our guys know how to do. This is something that people actually enjoy in the city and go back to. It is a service that we got, that they took away with the recession, and they are giving raises. They are spending money on other things that are superfluous to a direct service to every resident. All right, and then in the last 30 seconds here, I want to try to tie in two issues together. So the the, uh, the the hotel and conference center, and I really want to kind of tie that into historic preservation because the tannery is also one of the, the issues there and the idea of whether or not to tear down the tannery and so forth. So th this kind of like balance between growth and historic preservation, how do we deal with with, with both of those, growth and, and historic preservation. Yeah, I think it's important to that we do balance it and we continue to. We've done a great job. Obviously, people come to Frederick Y because we are a well-preserved town with lots of history. It abounds. But we can't, we can't hold back progress either. So I support the hotel. I'm very disappointed that we have a public financing component, but I'm not going to stop the project. That's as clear as I can be. The idea that we have a public funding component is disappointing because I'm pretty sure the Marriott's and the Plamondons would do very well. And I actually think it would be done by now if we weren't having the city government involved in it. City government doesn't build restaurants, doesn't build any other business. I don't know why we're building this. But the tannery is, is something that I think we need to be a little more creative. I've talked to a few people and they don't love the idea, but it's possible that it could be moved. It could be moved maintain its connection to the water, 
to maintain its historical significance. Put it on city uh, open space along the creek, perhaps on the other side of Patrick Street, so it can then become a true museum, a true gathering place, a true place to teach history and why it's significant. Do we do things right all the time? No. Would this be perfect? No. But it would be an option. It would be something that we could create the opportunity for the hotel to survive completely and for the new, the, the new tannery location to be a historical relic that is more active than just a dilapidated old building. They do it all over the place. They do it in the United States, many places, and I'm lucky to travel to Ireland a lot. They, trust me, they take old things and make them hot spots. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer Doherty, for uh, participating and, and taking some time out of your day. I know you're literally at work right now uh, uh, to do this podcast. So well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, and I also just want to let uh, the listeners know, so the election, the primary date uh, for the city elections is on Tuesday, September 12th, 2017. The polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. in the morning. Uh, I'm sorry, eight, 7 a.m. in the morning to 8 p.m. in the evening. And early voting, August 25th. And on August 26th, uh, the general election will be on Tuesday, November 7th, and the polls will be open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And there's early voting for the general on Friday, October 27th, and Saturday, October 28th. Uh, if you're unsure of your polling place, you can go to cityoffrederick.com slash 150 slash elections. You can even punch in your address and it will show you your polling place. Uh, for more information about the Frederick County Democratic Party, you can go to www.frederickdemocrats.org. Also, if you go to upcoming elections, there you can click on that and there's a whole link to all the candidates' websites, including Jennifer's website at uh, it's Jennifer for Mayor. Yep, jenniferformayor.com. All right, well, thank you so much, Jennifer. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, I want to thank uh, David Fitzwater, who composed and performed the, the music for this podcast. And thanks to all the listeners, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>